Welcome, welcome everyone. This is Mike. This is the Sweet Dash Q&A webinar. It's 1 p.m. Eastern Standard on Tuesday. I hope everyone's doing okay. All right, uh, let's get started today, as we always do. Uh, if I can have everybody jump into the chat and just say hi, let us know where you're from, maybe your business niche, so we can possibly tailor some of the conversation to fit your needs. Good day, Speed Equity from Seattle. How are you again? Good to see you. All right. <laughs> I won. All right. I don't think anyone knows what else we're talking about there, Juan, but yes, I do. And uh, congratulations to Atleti. <clears throat> All right. Juan and I are speaking. I don't want to have a closed conversation. Betis is a, is a football team in the La Liga in Spain. I'm a self-confessed football fan. So soccer for... In the U.S. Hi, Shamika. Good to see you. Core Compliance. Jeremy, good to see you. Slimebox. I like that one. That's fun to say. Mukesh from London. How are you, sir? And Dr. Angela from Wisconsin. Beautiful Wisconsin. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and get started. I think we have a lot more here, and I'm, I'm sure some people will be dropping in. Um, but let's go ahead and get started today. If you haven't already, I see some new faces here. Already started a free trial. I encourage you to go ahead and do that. Uh, also, Shamika, I know we talked about the website upgrades last time. I think this is a new twist that we've now uh, started. See the color changes as you scroll down through the website. This is kind of cool. So, yeah, we're trying to just kind of get across the idea of how uh, flexible and customizable Sweet Dash is. So these color changes are part of that, yeah. Anyway, that's that's new for this week in the on the website side. Uh, also, if you're getting up to speed on the documentation, please do check out help.sweetdash.com. Type your questions in here. This is a, a contextual help search. So if you say, what is a portal page? You might find out pretty quickly by reading this one of these articles here, right? And then maybe if you're having some confusion, this will be an easy way to, to, uh, to solve that. And we really work hard to try to get um, screenshots in here to illustrate the, the concepts and not just provide a wall of text for you. So thank you to Noelle and her team as they continue to work hard and on, on that uh, front. And then here is the community, which is now open to everyone. So if you haven't joined already, it's a great place to get to know some other sweet mates, post questions, and, and get some feedback. There are groups. If you're in specific niche, like a CPA or coaching design, you can join these groups. And there's conversations happening here all the time related to how to use Sweet Dash in these applications and these niches. And every week, uh, we, not every week, but most weeks, we are posting what we call Fresh On Live, which is a the first announcement of fresh features, upgrades, uh, new changes in the platform. You'll see that here. And then if you're more of a visual learner, you like videos, Sweet Dash Academy is for you, academy.sweetdash.com. And you'll see all the videos that we have posted uh, that we have created and that are current are here. Also on the YouTube channel at Sweet Dash or youtube.com backslash Sweet Dash. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started. So an introduction to the webinar. But some of you might have been in webinars where they start from the beginning and walk through step one, step two, step three. This is how the software works. But with Sweet Dash, we don't have that luxury and I think it would be a luxury. The thing about Sweet Dash is it's a tool, a set of toolkits that you can use to create your own experience for your own customers, your clients, your staff, and it's very customizable to fit your use case specifically. And that being the case, there is no step one, step two, step three that works for everyone. So it's a little bit of a challenge to 
when you start to understand the tools, understand how they have, that you should fit them together to do exactly what you need to do, especially the more complex your use case is, um, there may be two or three ways to do it. Uh, so figuring out the ideal way for you is sometimes a challenge, which is why we have the Q&A webinar and also the help team and, and all those things. So here's a place you can come every week, even if you want, and ask your latest series of questions or just um, listen in and try to learn from the conversation that's happening. So with that in mind, uh, let's go ahead and bring up the chat and uh let's go ahead and bring up the chat but let's think for a second i think actually let's let me let me go through these uh questions and then i was going to uh do some live demonstration of, of an idea that we had or just a tips and it's essentially a tips and tricks video but i'm just going to do it right here in the uh in the webinar for you let's see shamik had a question i would like to know who to create I think you mean how to create a registration form that provides options one payment and two payments for some reason i'm not creating it well there wouldn't be a way to do that with an option uh, at this point shamika so each form like an intake form i think you're re re referring to will have one configuration meaning one um configuration for payment so there won't be a way at this moment to provide a choice in that form that would then fork the actions of the form into choice one or choice two when choice one is selected do this when choice two is selected do that however that is a an active development um it's actively being developed right now we call it the choice block and uh, it would take me too long to get there to the mock-up, but I could show you the mock-up right now. Essentially what it is, it's going to be, if you look where, let me get to uh, intake forms and I can show you here. In intake forms, there is a selection for adding what we call a content block. There will be a new option there. It's right here. There will be a new option here called choice block. Okay, when you add a choice block, it will add an additional, just like here, if I was going to add this HTML content, you'll see that this is going to be the choice block. Then when you click the uh, settings to edit, you're going to be presented with a, an interface that will give you the ability to set up the choices. Okay, um, Let's just call it choice one, choice two, choice three, or bronze, silver, and gold, for example. Those will be our choice names. And then for each one of those choices, you're essentially going to be presented with all the options that you're presented with here, okay? So all these, you can, for choice one, for bronze, you could choose the role, the, the coordinator, the salesperson, and in the case that you're discussing right now, paid portal access, that would be bronze. You could put them on plan bronze here, uh, Shamika. And then for silver, you would have all these choices uniquely for silver and all these choices uniquely for gold. And in that way, you can have one single uh, intake form that will divert or fork the users into different plans, different circles, uh, any, any number of different choices based on um, which choice they choose. And on their side, on the front end side, that choice block will look just like a select box. Same as if you were going to create a custom field here and choose um, drop down. Yep. Known to most people as a drop down menu, known to developers as a select box. Yes. Okay. Right, Shamika, that's exactly what you want, I think. I think you already said that would be very helpful. I think that's what you mean. Great. Uh, let's talk to Stacy. All right, Stacy says, what's the best way to use Sweet Dash for a membership where there is paid and free content? Well, this would be the way, Stacy. This is perfect where we're, what we're looking at now. So when you create an intake form, you're going to embed that on your website typically, okay? And that's going to be uh, how people self-add themselves into your CRM, into your portal. So what you'll want to do... Um, 
let's just talk about paid content for the moment and then we'll talk about free content. So if you have um, the, for the paid content, you'll want to form, you'll want to bring them through a page of your website where they know they're going to access the paid content. And in that case, you'll probably create a circle that you'll call say course access maybe, or whatever you're trying to accomplish. And then, so as they come through this form, they're going to be added to this circle. And then down here, you're going to set up paid portal access so that when they enter the, the platform, they're going to be presented with the payment and they'll need to pay before they can continue. And only after they make the payment, they would be able to uh, enter the platform. So that would be a paywall in front of access to the portal. Okay. Uh, you're going to use the circle, which the circle affiliation here, or circles to um, present them with a unique experience that's based on how you want to present that paid content. Uh, you can then create another intake form for the free access and make that a separate access, change the circle, present another whole uh, experience. Now what we what we don't currently have, but we are working on now, is the ability to, for your clients, say from their side, to be able to, excuse me, here, to be able to find a plan, like upgrade to a plan, switch plans, you know, upgrade, downgrade within a set of plans, or cancel, which they can do now from the My Billing uh, tab. So if you go to... I'm on the client side now. I'm logged in as a client. If I go to my billing, I can see any active subscriptions that I have, right? So here's my silver plan that I have actively. I would be able to manage that account, cancel that, um, or upgrade or downgrade to a different plan. That's coming in the future. So in that case, you could add them in as a free for free access and then have them upgrade from inside the platform and then at that time they would be able to access the paid content am i making sense there stacy okay okay great but you can do that now um again you could you can pull this off now but you would just have a two separate entry points and then you would configure them on the way in, one free, one paid, right? And then you can you would be able to take care of it like that. We do have some requests occasionally for like the ability to save to make um, specific pages, have put a paywall in front of specific pages so that after they're in the platform, before they can access a page, they would need to pay. And that would be how this future, the future um, implementation would work, is that you would put a button in front of that and say, that's right, that's right, two circles. And you would, you would put a button in front of that and say, okay, upgrade. And then during that upgrade process, you're going to change their circle. You're gonna say, okay, when they upgrade to the, the gold plan, for example, now move them to the gold circle. And the pages that you were protecting, for example, in the, in, as we're discussing, would be accessible only to clients in the gold circle. So when they upgraded and we, and that automatically changed into the gold circle in that exact moment, they would then have access to the pages, right? And the, the menu would change. Clients only have access to, uh, can only see menu items for pages that they have access to. So for example, all these, this client has access to, but if, it, if another client logged in, this menu would restructure itself and only show the pages that that client had access to. Uh, probably within the next few weeks, I would say, Stacy, three to four weeks, maybe a few more. Uh, we're focusing now on a few other things, but um, that is definitely on the horizon. The choice block is first, right? The, we want to get that choice block in place so that you would be able to create that so in your example, right, you would be able to create that intake form. And instead of maybe creating two intake forms, you would make a choice block that would, one of the options would be free and one of the options would have payment. And then therefore you can, you can divert and 
classify those those leads or pro or, or whoever they are, visitors to your website, and put them in the right circle straight away from the beginning. And then you would only need this um, upgrade, downgrade, or that kind of thing from inside the platform. So once that's in place, then we'll focus on the upgrading and downgrading from within categories, for example. So when you go to create a, sorry, I keep getting to that. When you go to create a plan in subscriptions, that we've already added this category for plans. So let's see here, in plans. So when you create a plan, you're basically creating a subscription plan. And here we have categories. And so the upgrade and downgrade will be within a category. So bronze, silver, gold, for example, you'll call that, I don't know, a course category, uh, course, for example. So if someone was in bronze, they would only have access for upgrading, downgrading to plans within the same category. All right, so groundwork's laid. We're just working through step-by-step step to add all those things. Yep. And that would also give you the ability to, yeah, create multiple different categories and, and multiple experiences within those. So a lot of flexibility there. All right, let's see what questions we have that Noel hasn't gotten to yet. Maybe zero. All right. Okay, we got Stacy's and... Okay, D, let's let's talk to D. D says, would you please add a text editor to the pages block with placeholder abilities? We work with freelance writers. We would like our clients to have the ability to document notes and other information within their portal pages. Got it. Okay, D, um, let's look together at, yes, I understand what you're saying. So I think what you want, and just to clarify, is in a portal page, you would like, let's look at a portal page here. So here's a good portal page. So in this portal page, maybe you would like to have an editor that your client uh, or clients can type into and make notes. Is that, is that correct? Perfect. All right, so that's, yes, that's something that we could look at, but let's, let's quickly look at um, workspaces. Now this is a, feature that we started uh, a couple years ago and really haven't made many many changes to but what it what it's designed to do in the beginning and also you'll find that um, as we as we extend this work workspaces definitely it has a plan around it but it hasn't been advanced um, very much over the past months. But this, I'll, I'll show you exactly what it does now, and then we can talk about what the plan is, is going forward. A workspace is a place that you can assign both your clients and your staff, okay? Uh, what it consists of now is essentially a single text, uh, editable text area that both your clients and your staff can edit. And uh, there is versioning okay so if i'm in here editing no one else can edit uh if i as soon as i save and i go out of this this is the initial one but let me show you how it looks on the um on the work side et suit script once i save it then it's saved as a a version see here we have one currently active one and your clients can use this to come in and make changes so i'm making changes now and now i'll save Oh, sorry, I have to add a revision note. So you add a revision note, much like you would add in Git, say, um, added content and save. So this may be something that you could use, or at least use for now, to accomplish a goal, right? And then you have these um, these revision notes. You can re you can go back to earlier versions, and this is a way that you can work on content together. Uh, with your clients and with your staff. Is this somewhat like, for example, if, if something like this was integrated into, maybe we took this concept and made a block for it, like you suggest into portal pages, this is the kind of thing that you're needing.
D, I think we were. Yeah. All right. Let me go back and look for other questions. Okay, let's see. provide a template and workspace and have questions from a forum to be placed in the workspace. Uh, no, not now, D. That's not something that we have. You can do that in portal pages and you can return. So, for example, you need kind of a hybrid, as it sounds like. So, here's a portal page. All these, this, for example, is a company placeholder. This is a placeholder. Um, most things, these graphs are powered by placeholders. So, yes, you can return data from a form, like an intake or an update form, into this portal page and display it. But do you mean returning that data into an editable area? Something that can be edited later? Yeah. yeah it's kind of a hybrid. I'm not sure that we would be moving in that direction anytime soon. But it's it's interesting. Yeah. Well, there's this. Let me let me show you this uh, real quick. So, when get in the right place here. So, when a client f completes an intake form or an update form, what you can do is is um, create another update form, like in this case, right? This is an update form embedded on a portal page. What this is showing in the fields here is the data from the database, okay, for this client. So when this client logs in, you can configure this these update forms to show the data that's in the database, basically their previous answers, the previous values to this, to each field, okay? So in your case, right, maybe you, you have them complete this uh, intake form with these, these questions, and then later in the process, you bring them back in. This is on a portal page and you show them, you know, here is the info. Like this, right? And now I'm going to save it. Or you can change these words to whatever you need. Um, and this will ch save that information in the database. And this can be editable any number of times. Okay. So any number of times. Okay, yes, I understand how that works. However, these answers would be plugged into a template. Okay, uh, not sure I understand the template side of it, but let me do a template. Okay, into a template that's editable, like a, like a paper or something like that, or some kind of report. Got it, okay. Mm -hmm. And then that report needs to be continued. You need the editing to continue after that, after it's built. Hmm. All right. Good challenge, D. So uh, my my mind is working in the in the in the direction of contracts, or we'll we will be renaming to documents shortly. And yes, you could build take the answers from here, all these answers build it into a document that could then be sent, uh, basically generated on the fly. But edit editing it afterwards is not something that we are enabling at this moment. But that is interesting. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just catalog that in, in, uh, on the merry-go-round, I call it, of my brain. And I'm going to send it around a couple of times. And then in the next few days or weeks, something is going to come back around. <laughs> something comes back on the round the other side. And hopefully it will be, it, it will be something that, I can, that can help you. But I think what the solution for you is, is as you suggest, some kind of block that allows to pre-generate content with placeholders that can then be editable by anyone who has access to that portal page. Did I say that correctly? A lot of copywriting software does something. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I think I understand what you need. I think I understand that, that use case. All right. Thanks D that's, that's helpful. That's helpful to us. 
Okay. Let me back up here and see if I, what I can help. Yes, uh, Noel's correct. But let me see Mukesh's um, original question. Mukesh says, can you customize navigation options in the client portal, show a dashboard, show an iframe, can this be linked to a specific user? Yes, absolutely, Mukesh, yeah. So you can completely customize. Let, let me show you this one. So here, for example, project dashboard. This is This is a menu item that was added with custom menus. It links to a portal page, which is set as the start page for this particular client so that when this client logs in, they're redirected here. But you see how I have a, an additional menu item here. And in the case here, even, this is not the same dashboard menu item that you see here. In fact, it's also linked to a portal page, which is set as the start page and therefore acting as a unique dashboard for this particular client or the circle that this client is affiliated with. So yes, and you can build this menu out in any kind of custom way that you that you can imagine um, and uniquely permission it to either to a client, uh, each individual client, if you want to put it, if you want to go that direction, we, we try to discourage that thinking. We want to encourage you to think, put your clients into circles right which which helps you um create resources and and experiences that are designed for that circle and then you can change those circles change the circles through a, a client's journey a customer journey and modify their experience as needed through their journey and through their experience yeah okay it's good and then let's see is there a way to push out? Jeremy says, is there a way to push out a custom form to clients to then push out their internal into their internal associates, such as a regulatory attestation? So Jeremy, I, I'm going to try to equate this and, and understand it using an example. Do you mean something like, for example, if you were going to do business with a another company and you had a regulatory uh, framework something like hipaa that you need everyone in that that other company to sign meaning saying that they will abide by these regulations this privacy framework so you want to send it to clients and then they can send it out to their internal associates meaning their their colleagues is that described almost correctly? I mean, I think the answer is going to be difficult to say yes, um, because of course we don't know um, without having all of their colleagues added as users in the platform, we don't know who they are. Um, so we don't have the ability to give that client other than manually downloading it and distributing it. We consult on regulatory compliance, so we set up these requirements for clients. Uh, I think I understand. I mean, I, I understand one side of that, Jeremy, I, but it's hard for me to really understand the the structure that you're describing. We are moving in the future towards an HR um, HR side of company business essentially so you would be able to in the future when you add a staff member require them to go through a specific funnel that may be something like okay sign this document sign that document you know, make agree fill out this form uh, those kind of things so in that case if if the client your client um, was using sweet dash you could create a regulatory compliance funnel for all of their employees and require it so that you had all the documents presented to them in a sequence and they all had to digitally sign their agreement. So that may be what you're asking for, but there could be even another level there that I'm not understanding. I'll wait for your feedback. Okay. 
Jeremy says, right, basically, would a client be able to have others in their org access signed certifications? Well, it depends. If the so sweet if you you are the customer of Sweet Dash, you you're the company and you're trying to use this for your clients who then use it inside their organization, then the answer is probably no, because you would need to have all the other people in their organization need to be a user in the in the system. If you're saying your clients will be the Sweet Dash company, then the answer eventually will be yes, because then all their staff, all the staff members would would be uh, internals assigned as staff. So no, we don't have we don't have um, some way for your clients. If you're the company in Sweet Dash or the organization, we don't have a way for your clients to then also have a CRM or a staff capability to add staff. So. Yeah, it depends on which one of those paradigms you're you're describing. Is there a limit to our client portal access? Uh, that's hard to hard to answer. I think what you're asking is, is there a limit to the number of clients that you can add? And the answer is no. Yeah. So if you have a company who has, say, three hundred users, yeah, three hundred staff members at that company, and that company is your client. Then conceivably, yes, you can um, add all 300 of their employees as clients in quote unquote clients in our system, right? You can call them whatever you want to call them, but they're essentially going to be clients and associate them with associate them them with the company, right? So you can create a company here, and then create 300 contacts, all of which will be associated with that one single company. And then you could run every single one of them through some funnel uh, and get whatever compliance you need from them. I think that's the answer. Yeah. So it could work. All right. Let me back up. And then Juan, I'm going to come back down to your question and make sure we have everybody. I think so. Ah, Dr. Angela. Okay. I got you. Okay. Let's go to Dr. Angela. How can I create a recurring project that is attached to a monthly payment? Interesting. Okay. Recurring project? Yes. Attached to monthly payment. Slightly more difficult. But yes, I think the answer is yes now. Okay. So let's go look, Dr. Angela. Wow. You guys are really throwing some, uh, <laughs> some he heavy curves. Good. I find this. Stimulating. Good. All right. So uh, here we are in project profiles. Okay, Dr. Angela. Project profile is essentially a predefined, pre-configured project designed to be used in an automation. It's not a project. Okay, project profile is not a project. It's kind of like a project factory, right? Imagine a, uh, a project factory that you configure the assembly line exactly correct so that when you press the button or the button gets pressed by some uh, scheduler automation out, it spits out a project already built, ready to go, populated with everything that you said, right? So the project factory is, is, is a project profile. Okay. Uh, yes, you can enable scheduled options. Okay. And in this case you can, you'll, you'll need to assign clients, um, and then you can have it recur every one month. Say, for example, you'll set a start date every one month on specific dates, or you can even have the have it be updated by the value, I'm sorry, generated by the value of a custom field in the case that you are, for example, needing it to auto-create auto, auto on a specific date. All right. Um, Now, let's look at the, what I'm looking for now is the ability to jump, is to implement or integrate with this the trigger actions widget. So when this project is created, okay, 
So I think the the answer is then project profile is just one piece of the equation, and then whenever in the automation. Interesting, yeah. Okay, so the scheduling options here won't be able to completely cover this. What you need, or what you're needing, Dr. Angela, is, is the ability to grab that um, trigger action widget. You need to trigger a project profile and trigger an invoice profile. And that invoice profile will handle the payment side of it. All right, let's ask a few questions. So the the payment is only needs to be charged or or uh, charged to the to the client when the project is generated or when the project is created on this schedule is the schedule is the schedule regular uh, every month every year or is it some kind of uh, irregular scheduling Payment is made first, and yes, it's monthly. Okay, so if you are willing to, for example, yeah, so what I would probably do, Dr. Angela, is create a recurring profile. This is an interesting one. So if you created a recurring invoice profile, which is the same thing as I was just describing before, a profile is not an invoice. It's a factory of in for invoices. And in this profile, you're going to describe, you're going to uh, tell the system to spit out, to create an invoice every, <clears throat> every one month or, or whatever it is that you need to do. And you're going to, um, on the payment of this invoice, you can, can you can uh, create that project. So in this case, you can create a project profile. Then you're going to create a recurring invoice that they'll get an email and say, "Here, okay, here's the payment. Here's the invoice. When they make the payment, or you marked it, mark it as paid, then the project will be auto created." Would that work for you? Because you can do it right here. You can say um, project profile, trigger pro apply project profiles right here. So after the payment of the invoice that's generated from this invoice profile, the pay after the payment, then your project will be created, which I assume that's kind of the order that you would prefer. Yep. So, mm -hmm. that's a little more, that's a little more difficult. Kind of thinking that what we don't right now, what we don't have is well, you could do it, but they wouldn't be connected. Okay, so here let me explain how. So you can create a subscription plan that you start them on, that's going to be a monthly payment that gets dinged on their credit card every month, you know, without fail, without any kind of pre qualification. It's just going to happen, and that's what I mean that you're separating them. You get them, you're going to get them on a monthly payment starting today, for example. Then you're going to use that project profile that we just looked at, and you're going to start a recurring project every month right here. Okay, so you're going to create a new project profile. You're going to define all the variables in the project profile, and you're going to say starting today, and then I want it to be every one month, and it never expires. And then this project profile will do that. It'll create a project every single month, for the client that you specify here, and that's it. So then now you have them both operating at the same time. They're not tied together in the way that maybe you were thinking or wanting, but I'm not sure they need to be, right? As long as you're getting that subscription payment every month, boom, 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 and this project gets created every month. It seems like it could, you know, seems like a good way to set it up. Um, the only better way, can I use circles to automate the entire process? Yes. Yes, you can. Okay. So what you would do is uh, create an intake form 
what the way I think that you're you're describing now, create an intake form. Uh, let's go back there to if I still have that open. Good. Here you would specify paid portal access. You would require a subscription payment. Here you would set set up your subscription payment, whatever that would be. Uh, da, 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 project profile. I think you can do it right here. You can you can set the project profile here, and then it would you would need to here uh, assign a circle there, same circle that you would add them to in the intake form. And then it would probably, it would generate based on the recurring options, right? Every specific dates. That's interesting. Yep. Really close, really close to what you're asking for. But I would have to, I think this is the approach. But to really be sure that this would work exactly like we're, we're talking about, I'd have to really test it. I'd really have to. Because I haven't, I, we haven't, I don't think we've built that model yet. So that's an inter interesting one. This recurring project profile is a newer construction. So, yeah, I think test it out. It's, it's also kind of hard to, for me to exactly understand your business logic. But this is the approach for sure. Getting them on uh, an intake form. Here's your subscription. And the project profile will recur that project. Uh, Having them work in exactly the way you need will require some just some testing from your side. And I think you'll pretty quickly be able to figure it out. Okay, good. All right, let's scroll back and make sure we're getting all the questions. Good, good. I think we're caught up to here. We covered that. All right, Juan. During the onboarding, we gather a lot of information from our clients. I want all info to be visible, but only some of them to be able to be updated. How can I do that? Okay, Juan, yes, you can do that. Let's go to the client side and I'll just I'll just display uh, back to here. Okay, good. So uh, Juan, for example, this is output by a placeholder, okay? A data placeholder. But I could stack all sorts of data placeholders on any anywhere on this portal page that I decide. Uh, or design. So, for example, if you had um, 20 placeholders that, or 20 pieces of data that you collected in the beginning in your onboarding phase, and you wanted to show 10 of them in a non-editable way and show 10 of them in a way that they can be updated, then you would use your data placeholders just like this is used, and you would out show 10 data placeholders, right? And then you would use an update form for the 10, 11 through 20 that you do want to allow them to update. This is an update form. You'll build the update form with only the, the, the ones that you want to allow updating and then display it. So on, there's many, many custom fields in this account, but I'm only displaying these, right? Um, so let's go to, let's go back to forms and I will just sort of show that, how that can work. Okay, so here's an update form. And if, in fact, that's the exact one that I was just showing. This is the exact one. And so you can, you can pick and choose which feet custom fields you would like to add to this update form. I've added just these six, but if I wanted to add one more, I would just look through my existing custom fields, favorite color, and I want to add that. Let's let's make that something they can update, right? Or you can create a new custom field and and do it that way. So yes, this would be the strategy. You would embed. You would just use data placeholders. Like this. See here in the text block, these are the placeholders, and you find those right here. And then if you wanted to embed a form, then you. Very simply, we'll use the go to link embed for the form. And then you'll be provided with the form, this placeholder, copy to your clipboard. And then you just really, it's so simple. You just paste it right in here, anywhere. Okay. 
and then the form will be output. Just paste it inside any text block. Does that work for you, Juan? Cool, good. All right, that's that's how that works. And then re always remember, guys, you can preview, right? So let's preview uh, a portal page. So remember now that I'm the forms don't show in a preview unless the contact is previewed. So this is just a a a reminder. But remember that you can always go to a preview and say, all right, and let me see what this will look like when a specific client is is looking at it. Okay. So notice it's 25%, 33%, 75%. These chart blocks are powered by custom field values. And now I'm going to change to a different client. This is an image placeholder for their avatar. So now you're seeing in real time, these changes happen, right? As long as there's values, in this case, there's no values in this particular client's custom fields. And so it's just returning a zero because it's they're empty. Okay. All right, let's look at... Um, no, Jeremy, we don't offer an integration with Outlook or um, Gmail or, or we don't offer a deep email integration at this point. Uh, there's That's definitely on the roadmap for planning and looking. How are you nesting pages in the portal? Okay, D, let's talk about that real quick. But yes, Jeremy, that is in the plans, but I, hadn't, I wouldn't be able to give you any kind of real... Um, Outlook, on, for lack of a better word, outlook on when that would be, okay? Uh, so, D, there's a couple ways you can... Yes, please vote. Exactly. We are we are definitely community-driven, so the more noise gets made for a particular feature, the more we pay attention to that noise. There's no doubt about that. There's several ways that you can place Portal Pages, D, into the, um, into the menu. And I'm going to show you, I think it's going to be easier to show you from from this account. So what we have is what, uh, let's see here, dashboard progress. So by default, we will build what we call the dynamic pages menu here. A dynamic pages menu, you see reference to it here um in each each client's account when they log in so you'll see here see this pages menu and you see how it's um uh, segmented and built this is built on the fly when this client logs in if another client logs in we build this menu for that client in uniquely based on which pages they have access to this client has access to a lot of pages. Another one might log in and have only one of these. How is this built? It's built from the category and the menu title. The category here, or we call it the menu group. You'll see account status. See, that's a menu group. And on this side, account status. This is the first level. Then below that, you will see that there is a menu title here, dashboard progress. And over here, you'll see dashboard progress. So this is the dynamic pages menu. What you can also do is you can hide this page from the dynamic pages menu, in which case it won't show up and it won't be built, but then you can uh, use custom menus. Let's go to custom menus to add that portal page into the menu. Now, I should mention this is a, I believe this is a pinnacle only feature. You can use custom menus with any one of our plans. You can rearrange, you can uh, edit the names, but the ability to add new menu items is uh, pinnacle only. So let's just say we'll call this dashboard. Actually, I'll leave that blank because it'll fill it in for us. If we choose portal page here, now it's looking for saying, okay, which portal page do you want to add? and we already decided we wanted to add this one dashboard progress. It'll fill that in for us, but you can modify this if you want. Call it custom progress. And 
we can from here we can say also yes i want to hide this from the dynamic pages menu because i'm actually adding it to the, this menu and we can select an icon from the choices and click add now here it is here i can raise it all the way to the top for example and now when this client logs in or but only clients who have access to that portal page right and that is given and at <clears throat> that is granted here in the general page assignments area. So in this case, only this client has access to this page. That's the client I'm logged with. Now, if I refresh, I will see that that menu item, if I saved, I can't remember if I saved over there. I did. So now I have this menu item and it will lead me to that particular page. And I, you know, you also notice that in this account status, now that page is not listed in this menu, right? But it's here. So now I can go here anytime I want. And you can, in that way, you can build custom menus for all your clients. And it can even be unique per client or per circle. Because if, say, say you build a lot of these menu items, but this client only has access to this one, he's only going to see this one. So his menu is different than clients in another circle, for example. It's not looking too good here. <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, let's go to progress. I think that's an expired iframe. Yeah, so just, uh, just these are a few examples here. Okay, great. The same is for workspaces as well. No, D. No, D. That's, uh, that's something that we, when we start to develop workspaces into the future and add things like, real-time editing, real-time collaboration. Uh, we'll, we'll spend more time integrating workspaces in the same way that portal pages have been, have been integrated. Still some, still, still, um, in a sort of a brainstorming phase about what comes next for workspaces, but we do have a lot of client customers who are using them and, and rely on them as part of their workflow. So we continue to leave them in your, you know, put them in there, in the platform and just listen for ideas from customers like you who have the good ideas about this sort of, is workspaces per client or per contact? Um, well, you, you assign them the, uh, on your own. So you can assign, <clears throat> you can assign a single workspace to multiple clients or just a single client but if you were going to do one for each client yes you would have to create a new a different workspace a new workspace and assign it to client a then another workspace and client that assign that to client b i think that's what you're going for what you're alluding to okay i'm going to come back to that question i saw Okay, let's come back and then talk about this question. Stacy, right? I don't want to call you Slimebox if you I remember your name. Stacy says, is there a way of sending clients reminder emails at set dates? Uh, I think the answer is no, Stacy. We don't have something quite like that. And we, we do have occasional So we have autoresponders, which will send emails after a certain number of uh, a certain time period has passed based on a start date. But that's not what you're asking for. We have the ability to send emails based on trigger actions, uh, but we don't necessarily have a way for you to set a date and then send emails in anticipation of that date uh, for things like the the be, the best example what we always get is for their birthday or so you want to send a happy birthday email to your cl clients on their birthday is that that is that your your use case that's the one we hear the most or something similar like maybe you have a due date or a a reminder a day that you need to remind them about and you need to send an email leading up to that so that's something that we hear occasionally i would call that a feature request, remind them to return something. Mm -hmm. 
So what you could do, Stacy, and and this is what I would always recommend is <clears throat> use the autoresponder functionality. So you could create a marketing list, and this is a little bit of a we test their water, need to prompt them. Yeah, so during some at some point in the funnel or in the process, you could create a a, a marketing list that you call um, return water test. I think I'm calling that just about right. Okay, and this is a marketing. We'll just call this a marketing list, but it's not really for marketing. You're using it in this in the sense that you want to um, get their remind them over and over to return that water test. So attached to this test, now you're going to create autoresponders. Okay. And you're going to say, all right, on day seven, add. And I, I will start this and then I'll show you, but say, let's say seven days. And what this means is seven days after they are added to this list, I want you to send this email return my test, right? Uh, and then you'll create uh, 10 of these if you need to, right? Seven days, 14 days, 21 days. And they will continue to get the sequence here. And let's go, I'll show you a, an example. because I have one right here. They will continue to get those emails until they're removed from the list, okay? So as, Let's look here at autoresponders. So here's an example, right? Send one five minutes, one week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. You build a sequence here. And um, and then when you get their water test back, part of, your, part of your process should be remove them from this list or change. And you can do that in any trigger action. Um, uh fastest way to get to this action template. No, that would be it. Uh, let's just go here. So in anywhere that you have the trigger actions functionality, like here, you can say, okay, as test them every two weeks. Might be tough, but if you're able to get them through to a place where you're going to be able to apply trigger actions, you just um, remove them from email marketing list. And in this case, we called it return water test. So there could be some way to automate adding them to that list, which will send those reminders, and automate removing them from that list, which will stop those reminders. So that's what I think you should sort of focus on trying to get to if I understand your challenge correctly. Does that make sense? So you can use the email, the autoresponder functionality to achieve that reminder. Yep. Pretty cool. Pretty cool way to do it. And, and, and in all cases, right? I mean, uh, and just to be clear where I went to trigger this, just to take a look is, in company profile and settings. And notice that this is here, trigger actions when a prospect confirms their account and logs into the portal, trigger actions when a client confirms. And these are here really as a, a action point to do things like, for example, if you were onboarding someone and um, as part of your intake form, you added them to a marketing list that sent them reminders, hey, don't forget to, um, Click that link in, in, that we sent you to set your password and log into the portal. Don't forget to log into the portal. Don't forget to log into the portal. Email, email, email. But then when they do come and confirm their account and log into the portal, here is the place that you can remove them from that list and therefore stop that messaging and maybe start them on a different set of messaging that says, okay, great job moving into the portal. Now, don't forget to complete your this next step. Don't forget to complete the next step, right? Email, email, reminder, reminder. And then on the next step, you'll use trigger actions to remove them from that list and add them to another list, which can then be another series of reminders to go through and do the next step. So this is, you can use marketing, you can use lists and autoresponders in a way, in that way to 
um, do much more than marketing. You can really set a, ser a series of just reminder, 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 and move them through that process. All right, D. D says, these webinars are so great. Will you be doing tips and tricks series weekly as well? The last one was gold. The last one was gold, wasn't it? 41 minutes of gold. <laughs> no, no, the last one was, um, I say that because it is such a key concept. If, and if you guys haven't watched that uh, last tips and tricks video, uh, let's go there just to make sure that everyone knows which one we're talking about. So youtube.com, sweet dash. This is a really, really key concept in Sweet Dash in general. Uh, it's right here. Using forms and portal pages to create a lead gen funnel. Okay. And what essentially we talk about here is the is using an intake form with a very small threshold of, of friction, just one or two questions. Let's get them into the portal and then we'll uh sequentially collect information from them using update forms and whatever um, funnel that you you can define there and in this building sorry oh perfect yeah so in and in, in this video you'll see where we go through this step by step by step and map it out and show you the funnel in a graphical uh, interface like this so that uh, you're able to follow it really, really logically. And also cool here, well, YouTube provides this this time stamp uh, functionality where uh, you can click to any part of this video in case you need a reminder. So this one is is really key. And there's there's more that we want to do. And now that I realize we're running out of time, I didn't get to my tips and tricks uh, segment here in this in this webinar. But yes, I think we will be doing our best to get something out every week or two as far as tips and tricks. Yes. I have a little list and stubbornly, uh, I insist on creating these myself. So time is a factor, but um, it's 100% worth it. Yeah. So I think they are helpful. Now, thanks, thanks for confirming that, D. All right, any other questions, guys, as we look for ways to help here at the end? Any other small questions and make sure I didn't miss anything? A lot of good questions and a lot of good use cases that we... Aaron, yes. Hi, there's no, that's no problem. We are recording it, Aaron, and very, very likely by tomorrow, it'll end up just as this webinar has. It'll end up on YouTube, so you'll be able to watch it. Jeremy, go ahead. Go, go for it. And these, let's see, this one. No, but the last one that we put up, we took the time to timestamp that one as well. Is this it? Yeah. So in here, there were actually timestamps about the subject matter of the webinar. So you can... You can even visually scan here and say, oh, yeah, I want to learn about project profiles or project templates and go directly to that spot. And then you don't have to listen to me talk for an hour before that. Okay. Jeremy says, is there a company name placeholder? Yes, there is, Jeremy. So we have a few different types of placeholders. One is a CRM contact placeholders. Okay, let's go here. Why do I keep doing that? Let's go to custom fields, okay? All right, let's go to, when you create a custom field, Jeremy, you will select the usage. And in this case, CRM contacts or CRM company. And we have individual data associated with each of those types. Also, we have staff placeholders and work requests. Coming in the future will be things like uh, projects. Well, project custom fields and also circle custom fields are on the on the planning board. So in your case you'll want to use company custom fields to make custom fields about company data, but but you should see that anywhere that there is placeholders you would be able to also find the company name. And that would output the company name that's associated with the client who is currently logged in. 
right? Because it's not going to be a company that log, logs in. It's an actual person. So whoever that person, that client or prospect or whatever their contact, uh, whatever their role is, they would need to be associated with the company. And in that case, we will find that company and output that uh, in that placeholder. Okay. All right. I think that is everything today, guys. Thank you very much for, for your time. We'll do our best to be here every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard. You're welcome to come back as many times as you like. Uh, we do have a, we do have repeat customers as uh, repeat visitors, and uh, I think people learn quite a bit. But we also do our best to always have these uh, recorded and posted on YouTube in case you miss one. And we also post this as an audio feed, although I don't think that's quite as helpful as as the video feed. But the audio is uh, as part as is a podcast, which you can find uh, from the website um, sweetdash.com backslash podcast. You will be able to find the link to the feed there. Let me show you here. But again, this would just be the audio of, of the webinar. And I do think the YouTube is much better because we're usually showing something. Yeah. So uh, subscribe on YouTube and you'll, you'll be notified when that happens. All right. Great. Thank you, everyone. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Great week. Thanks a lot. See you.